Who's fired up to be in the house of God today? Come on, y'all. I'm so excited to be in the house. I hope you guys are ready to learn and ready to grow. Come on, how many ready to learn and ready to grow? Make some noise at me if you're going to holler back in church today. That's great. About 11% of people. That's fantastic. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Devin. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm fired up to preach today. We're in a series right now called Churchianity. Now, for those that are just embarking with us on this journey, uh, we've been on it for about three weeks. This is actually volume two. And about two and a half years ago, we started a series like this. And here's the concept. Is a lot of people have come into our church and our house. And to be honest, a lot of people have to rehab from some of their old church or religious experiences. And so they're coming into our house, and the expectation for people is when they're going into church that you're going to find Jesus. But a lot of times in culture today and in churches today, all you're finding is not Jesus. You're finding religion, rules, and restrictions. And so our goal and aim is to not preach human traditions but kingdom values. And so there is a difference between the two. Under this whole series, we've been basically highlighting and, and communicating three different things. That there is spiritual abuse that's at play in religious sections and sectors. And spiritual abuse has been defined like this. Is that people of spiritual authority have used their power or personality to manipulate you to their preferences instead of God's purposes. That's spiritual abuse. There's also scriptural abuse. Where scripture is used to, according to Jesus, used to heal people and set people free, not keep them in bondage. So there's spiritual abuse, scriptural abuse, but then there's also spiritual apathy, where if you are lazy with your faith, it is just dangerous for you. Here's a thought you could write down if you are taking notes today for my note takers, you'll like this, is that casual Christianity only produces casualties. Is if you are just casual with your faith, the only thing that will happen is actually you're going to be severely disappointed because it's for the all in, come on, all in. It's for all in people. And so that's what we're really highlighting is this churchianity series is people should be coming into church and leaving blessed, not broken. And that's why we're doing a series like this. Before we get into it, first of all, I need to address the elephant in the room. Yes, I know I sound like Vin Diesel, okay? Don't mind me. Uh, you're part of my family. That's what we're going to be going into today. But um, don't mind me. The last few weeks, uh, struggled with my voice a little bit. But I'm fired up and I'm going to preach anyway. So you might... You might hear a voice crack here or there. You'll see this vein pop. You'll see spit flying. Don't worry. You're going to get healed if you get touched by it. Appreciate you, Mike. Yeah. Mike's, Mike's watching his head right there. Um, hey, can we welcome TC Framingham, our online community? We love you guys so much. If you're newer to our church, if you're newer to our church, uh, we have uh, multiple locations. And so TC is our tri-county campus. It's found in Bellingham. We rent a movie theater out at the same time as this service. We also have another campus in Framingham. They have services at 9.30 and 11.15. So they're also simultaneously here with us. And so we got multiple campuses. We also have online campus because we're a local church, but we're also a global church. Come on, somebody. So uh, God's going to move today. Uh, I hope you guys are ready to take notes. Somebody say amen. Somebody say preach. Somebody say teach. Uh, we're going to go into it, and this has been a spicy series so far. I hope you guys are ready to, uh, there's some sermons that are more like wow, and then there are some sermons that are more like ow. And that's going to be this one today. I'm going to step on some toes a little bit, but listen, the Bible says this. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. And so I'm just assuming that you're walking into church not trying to hear some opinions from a man, but you're trying to hear the word of God and grow and lead and develop in your faith. Amen, everybody? I'm going to point you guys to a video. Why don't you check out this video of Churchianity. Caught on video, the arrest of a Metro East pastor happened Sunday in Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church while the pastor was preaching. 
wanted to jump on but here I and talk had about church and realize, no, the church didn't hurt me. It was some of the people in there because they're hurting. The pastor of the Atlanta branch of Hillsong Mega Church is stepping down. In a story you'll only see this here, our Robert the larger Townsend mega says, church deals Saul stabbed me. misconduct allegations as the larger mega church deals with its founder's misconduct allegations. He specifically follows the recent rise and fall of various church leaders. show you guys a scripture in Timothy. And so if you guys would throw that text up, why don't we stand for the reading of God's word today? I have two scriptures and passages that I want to marry together. Now, before we read this, everybody pay attention. Before we read this, I want you to know something. All of the Bible is to be taken seriously. Not all the Bible is to be taken literally. So the Bible is a collection. It's essentially a library of books that there are different genres in each different book. So there's a scripture that highlights you know, if your right eye, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. How many know a lot of us would be one-eyed cyclopses if we took that literally? So the Bible is to be taken seriously, but not everything in the Bible is to be taken literally. So as we engage in this text right here, I want you to understand something. This is serious. Because some of you guys are believing something that God never said, but you think it was God, and it's going to keep you bound and captive. So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Here's your big idea for the whole message today. It's this. Is that not everything that sounds good is sound. Y'all hear what I just said? Not everything that sounds good is sound. And a key to life, throw this text up, throw that quote up there, guys. A key to life is this, is receiving from those who are wise, but rejecting the counsel of those who are foolish. Is you got to be careful and take inventory of what are people telling you, of the information that's being spewed and spit out to you. And listen, this is, this is so important because uh, good people can still give you bad information. So not everybody's a false prophet or a false teacher. That's not what I'm saying today. But I am saying you got to be careful and take inventory of what have people been telling you, especially those that say it's from God when it really wasn't in the first place. Here's another text in Colossians. Colossians says it like this, Colossians chapter 2. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive teaching. Somebody say captive. Now, he's not talking about a literal prison. Remember, we take the Bible seriously, not literally. He's not talking about a literal prison. He's talking about a mental one. Is some of you guys are so stuck in the seasons that you've been in because you are in a mental prison because you are hanging on to a teaching that you think is from God, but it's not. I'm teaching already, everybody. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which, which depends on human tradition and watch this, the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So some of us have inherited some teaching, some principles, some truths that we think are truths. But the reality is we can get these passed down by parents. We can get these passed down by people of influence. We could even get these passed down by pastors. So when somebody teaches the word of God to you or gives you a principle of life, listen to me. You need to evaluate what did God say versus what did they say. And by the way, you should be doing this right here, right now. I, I hear that Michael Jordan's up. Right here, right now. Come on, anybody else? You guys need to loosen up right now. My gosh. 
so you need to be doing this, is basically evaluating, did God say that? Did God really say that? Or is that just the opinion of somebody else? So here's what I want to do. I want to teach today from this subject. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. I want to pray. Father, love you. We thank you. We ask that you would speak to us and through us today. I ask that you would put me on like a glove. Speak speak uh, for your people are listening, God. Help us to see Jesus, to encounter heaven, to encounter the power of God. We need you so clearly. Help us to expose the devil and his tactics, but also to develop discernment. My brothers and sisters need to be set free. My brothers and sisters need to have breakthrough. We want to thrive in our lives. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And come on, everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Come on, would you give God a shout of praise in this house if you believe he's going to do something. Amen and amen. <coughs> amen and amen. Um, I want to start off with a quick little illustration uh, and a quick little question. Um, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you call yourself a Christian, a believer, uh, we need to get something very clear. All of us know as we hang on to the truths of God's word that Marvel is better than DC. Okay, so there's only a few people that said amen. And what I'm assuming is you're probably not a Christian. Um, Marvel is much better than DC. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Batman, love Superman, love the Flat, love all these guys. But honestly, I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Anybody else raised on Spider-Man? Uh, I was watching Spider-Man, and I got corrected last service that I gave it the wrong thing. But it was Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't know if Duddy's in here. But Spider-Man Far From Home was the movie that I was referencing. And so Spider-Man has his enemy. His name is Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, an incredible actor, dangerously handsome guy. But my gosh, he, we play, he's playing this character of Mysterio. Now, this whole movie, what's happening is essentially Mysterio is proposed as this awesome hero. Now, I was raised on Spider-Man, so I'm like, what in the world? How? I didn't know he started off as a good guy, and he's literally faking me out because I know that he is a nemesis of Spider-Man. Come on, anybody raised on Spider-Man? So we know Spider-Man is also Peter Parker. Sp Spider-Man has basically two different versions of himself. He has the hero in Spider-Man, but he also has the human in Peter Parker. Looks a whole lot like us. Yeah. Scripture refers to this in Romans chapter 7, and scholars would say this is the reality of duality. Is within us, all of us have a hero and a human. We have the spirit and we have the flesh. And Paul says it like this. He goes, uh, I do not do the things that I want to do. I don't know why I do these things. It must be a power that is at work within me. It must be the power of sin that is at work within me. Who can rescue me from this body that is subject to sin and death? Essentially, Paul is saying, there's two different versions of me. There's a godly nature, and then there's a sinful nature. So, so Peter Parker, Spider-Man represents this for us. But Mysterio, I want you to hear, hear something today. Mysterio represents the enemy. He represents the devil. Now, why do I say that? Because the whole movie... Leading up to this one pivotal, climactic moment, the whole movie, he appears as though he is Spider-Man's friend, but he actually was Spider-Man's ally. Are y'all hearing me, everybody? And what does he try and do? He tries to steal Peter's inheritance, but he also tries to kill Peter's life. He also tries to destroy and expose his identity and his reputation. What is this? This is the enemy at work because he has come to steal, kill, and come on. I love some people in church right now. So this is what the devil does, is he tries to expose you, he tries to steal from you your inheritance, he tries to kill and destroy your life. But I want you to hear something loud and clear today, is, is in Ephesians chapter, I believe it's 6, it talks about this, put on the full armor of God, the Bible says. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand up against the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. Now, I need you to say something, I need to say something loud and clear. We are going into a spiritual warfare message today. 
Now, for some of us, we need to understand something, and I just need to make this blanket statement and state that if Hollywood believes in the devil, when the heck will church people start believing in the devil? Is if they're going to promote and produce uh, media, music, and movies that are full of demonic, satanic things, when the heck is the church going to exercise and realize that we are in a spiritual war? That there is truth being declared, that there are things being preached. And listen to me, you need to take care of your mind. You need to take care of your home. You need to be careful that the devil doesn't slither in like a little serpent speaking lies to your wife, speaking lies to your son, speaking lies to your daughter, speaking lies to the next generation, the older generation, and then getting him to win. we got to be so careful with this. And the Bible says that, the, that, that he comes into uh, the garden of, in, in, in uh, the beginning of the, uh, Genesis. He comes into Genesis looking like a snake, but he ends in Revelation looking like a dragon. So watch this. The Bible refers to Satan as a snake, not to tell you he's a snake, but to tell you he looks like he belongs. Wow. Y'all hear what I just said? So listen, the devil doesn't show up looking like the devil with some flames on his head and a pitchfork on his side, contrary to popular belief in Christian circles. No, the devil, looks up, the devil shows up looking like he belongs, looking like a friend, even though he's an enemy, looking like an ally, looking like an opportunity, even though it might not be an open door, it might be a trap door. Yeah. Or he might show up looking like a date, he might show up looking like my future wife or my future husband. You've got to be careful today. Because this is what the devil does. The devil operates and walks into deception and destruction. This is his job description. What is deception? Deception is allowing you to believe a false truth as though it were true. So if, listen to me everybody, if a lie can keep you captive, come on, if, a lie, if the truth can set you free, well that means the lie can keep you captive. So some of us have believed something that we think God said and he never said it. And it can keep you in a prison mentally. Don't let anybody take captive your mind. Be careful what you are receiving. Thessalonians talks about it like this. Receive what is good and reject what is evil. Test the spirit, the Bible says. So we must be careful because, listen to me, everybody, and why don't you tell this to your neighbor, you've been lied to. Come on, why don't you tell them right now, you've been lied to, you've been lied to. We need to take inventory of our lives because Scripture is very clear with us that there are false teachers, false prophets, false messiahs, and there is false principles and and. and and uh, truth that is being shared, misinformation that is being shared. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 8. Can you guys throw it up there, guys? This is what, this is what the Bible describes as the devil. John chapter 8, verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Come on, somebody shout it out loud. The devil, the devil is a liar. Come on, that's not just for church moms being raised up. No, this is, the, this is the Bible. The devil is a liar. And I want you to hear something loud and clear. If the devil says that he cannot speak truth, the truth is not his native language, that means he's speaking a lie. So whatever he's been speaking to you about your identity, about your future, about your relationships, just understand the opposite is true. And if the opposite is true and he's been saying, you're a loser, you're going to be destined to fail. If he's been increasing his voice, understand something, breakthrough is about to occur for your life. Breakthrough is about to occur. But listen to me, our church is not obsessed with glorifying the devil. What do I mean by that? I simply mean this, is that we understand, first of all, the devil is real, but we do not give him more glory and more strength than he deserves. 
We are not obsessed of the devil. We are informed of the devil. Because to be honest, in some spiritual spaces and settings, what happens is we glorify the strength of the devil. But the Bible says the devil is under my feet. That's what the Bible says. The devil is under my feet. That he is a defeated foe. So we are not obsessed with the devil. We are informed of him. But he shows up not looking like the devil. He shows up being deceiving. He shows up in spaces and places that you think is a friend but actually is an enemy in the first place. Write this thought down if you haven't done it already. The big idea is not everything that sounds good is sound. A key to life, a key to life is receiving from those who are wise and rejecting the counsel of those who are foolish. So what we have to do, if the devil is operating in deception and destruction, we have to operate in this word discernment. Somebody say discernment. discernment. Am I teaching good so far? We have to operate in discernment. So we have to discern what is good, what is foolish, and what is evil. And my God, do we need people that have an increased level of discernment. This only comes with spiritual maturity, by the way. So here's this definition of discernment. Throw this up, guys. <coughs> discernment is the ability. Discernment is the ability to perceive an unspoken truth about someone or something. Some of you guys might want to take this picture real quick. Discernment informs you to know the difference between what is wise, foolish, and evil. It's the ability to recognize a pattern and the wisdom to make an adjustment. This is so important that you develop in discernment. Because here's what 1 Thessalonians 5 says. The Bible says, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. This is the Bible, not Devin's opinion. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them, hold on to what is good, and reject every kind of evil. I want you to write this thought down for my note takers. Listen, God is not obligated to fulfill a word he never gave. I just said something. I just said, I will say it again. God is not obligated to fulfill a word that he never gave. Cheers. He is not obligated to fulfill a word he never gave. So some of us think it was God, and it was a prophet that declared it. It was somebody that was, had good intentions and said, God told me to tell you this. Well, the Bible says, test the spirit. The Bible says, receive what is good. Reject what is evil. And so not everything that somebody said that God said is what God said. Here's another verse. Watch this. In uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. The message paraphrase says it like this. So powerful. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Y'all hearing this? I love the Bible. Don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. I'm just reading the Bible and it's blessing us. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. That's what the Bible says. Um, Here, let me illustrate it this way. So when we receive a lie and believe it as a truth, it will operate as though it were true. Okay, so when we receive a lie, we think it's a truth, it will operate as though it were true, and it will keep you stuck in a season. I, I've said this before, I, I preach this countless times, but essentially, uh, seasons change with time, but cycles change when you do. So there are some mental things that need to take place, and you need breakthrough in the mind, and what does the devil do? The devil will lie to you, and he will limit you, and he will label you. That's what the devil will do. He'll lie to you and keep you stuck in a prison. Perfect example. There's this girl I heard about years ago. Her name is Elizabeth Smart. This is a real story. Elizabeth Smart got abducted and abused at 14 years old. She was abducted for nine months of her life. Praise God. She was eventually found and her captor was thrown in prison. Thank God. 
But she tells this story of her abductor would actually promote her and parade her in public settings and public spaces. He was bold. He would walk around in public spaces as though this was her daughter, his daughter, and she would go around different places and parade her. There was this one particular moment where she's saying this because the news was actually trying to find her. There was an Amber Alert. This girl was, this girl was taken. And so there was this one moment where she's in the library. She's sitting down in the library, abductor off, I don't know, reading some books or whatever. And a cop, a police officer, sits down at the very same table. She's this close to freedom. Yet because the abductor said, if you say anything to anyone at any time, I will kill you and I will kill your family. She is this close to reaching out and simply saying to somebody, help me. Yet because of these lies, she was kept bound and imprisoned. And what happened? She went home with that abductor later that day. That is what a lie will do. A lie will put you in a mental prison and you can be this close to freedom and still so far away. What I need to tell some of you guys today is you are this close to freedom. And what you need is you need the truth of God's word because, come on, somebody, the truth sets you free. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. The truth will set you free. So this is why we have to have conversations like this or messages delivered like this because the Bible says that the devil will not outwit us for we understand his schemes and his plans. The problem is many people don't. Is you don't know how he operates. You don't understand his patterns. You need to increase your discernment, and that's what I'm trying to do this, on this day is try to accomplish that, is recognize what the enemy is trying to do. Because he doesn't try to destroy you. What he tries to do is tell you a lie so you destroy yourself. Wow. <clears throat> that's strong. Yeah. I'll just put some salt on that right there. <laughs> is he doesn't try, he doesn't even need to destroy you because he gives you a lie. And oftentimes what he does is he gives it to you at infancy so you don't develop into maturity. Some of us are 35 years old, but we believed a lie when we were 13 years old. So although we're 35 biologically, we're 13 emotionally. Dear God. That wasn't in first service. That just kind of flowed. Somebody text me that. I need to put that in my notes. Dr. Sam Chand, he says it like this in his book, Leadership Pain. There are three different problems we're facing at all times. He says there are internal struggles, there are external problems, and there are growing pains. Some of us are facing internal struggles, anxiety, depression, uh, uh, fear, doubt. Some of us are going through external problems. Um, a car broke down. There's financial issues. You know, your refrigerator's not working. But then we are going through growing pains where, how many know, just as you grow in life, you get more responsibility. With more responsibility comes more blessings but also burdens. I want to propose that there's actually a fourth one, and that would be spiritual attacks. Is you need to understand that we are engaging in spiritual warfare. Is that I don't know what kind of religious background you have, but I just know what the Bible says and what Jesus says is this is what spiritual warfare is. Spiritual warfare is the acknowledgement that I am in a spiritual battle, that your kids are being attacked right now. Nobody responded back to that. I'm going to say it again. Your kids are being attacked right now. Their identity their future is trying to be sabotaged by the enemy. Some of us were attacked when we were young. And you don't even realize it because 20 years later you're holding on to something that you thought was God and is not God in the first place. I'm preaching right now. You need to understand, we are in spiritual warfare. 
Meaning that we have to acknowledge that, first of all, we're in a spiritual battle, but there's also the recognition that we have an enemy that cannot stand our creator or our calling. So what does he do? He tries to lie to you, he tries to limit you, and he tries to label you and get you to believe something about yourself that God never said. That's what the devil is trying to do. And how does he do it? He does it in four primary ways that I see in Scripture. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is certainly a pattern that I see professionally and personally. He'll be the first. The enemy tries to sabotage you, number one, with your injuries. With your injuries. This is so powerful, and I pray you hear this. And I'm, I'm praying that the Spirit of God would illuminate to you what I am saying and also what I'm not able to say. It's this. Is some of us have sabotaged future seasons because of what happened in old seasons. Is you have gone through some pain and some struggle and some trauma, and what happens? You go through those struggles and traumas, and this is what Dr. Jimmy Evans says. He says it like this. He goes, when we go through trauma and struggles like that, what happens is we try to protect ourselves, and we create what we call inner vows. Is we create these inner vows that essentially are protecting our hearts from more pain to occur. I remember this. I remember getting my heart broken when I was in sophomore year of high school, and I made this inner vow that I would never be hurt like that again, and it led me to this destructive path for years of my life. And so we create these inner vows, and here's what the inner vows will do. The inner vows are trying to protect us from pain, but watch this, everybody. These inner vows protect us from pain, but what they really do is they restrict us from love. Is we create these vows to say, I will never go through something like that again. Am I talking to anybody in the room today? I will never go through something like that again. So as a result, I'm putting up this barrier. I'm putting up this wall. Nobody's going to hurt me like that ever again in my life. And what happens is you try to keep the wrong people out, but you never let the right people in. And so the devil will speak to you. The devil will speak to you and use your injuries and turn. Watch this, everybody. He turns your pain into a prison. Watch what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5. Throw it up there. If we have it. I got it right here. <clears throat> Why do you keep on rebelling? Do you want to be punished even more, Israel? Watch this. Your head is already covered with wounds. So what? His head is covered with wounds physically. But he goes, but your heart and your mind are sick. So watch. When your heart is sick, your head is broken. So what does that mean? That simply means this. Is that some of us are making foolish and terrible decisions, not because you're not wise, not because you're not intelligent, but when your heart is sick, your decisions are now broken. So this is what the devil will do, is he'll try and get you to your heart. He'll try and keep you bitter. He'll try and keep you angry. He'll try and keep you unforgiving. He'll try and keep you anxious. And this is what happens, is he uses this, and now the devil has sabotaged you because of previous traumas. And what God wants to do is he wants to turn your mess into a ministry. He wants to turn your pain into a service. But what the devil will try and do is he turns your pain into a prison. This is how the enemy sabotages us, is through our injuries. Second way is through our influences. Influences. Is he will use mediums and avenues. He'll use influences. Or listen to me, everybody. He'll use influencers. Uh, can I just say something? Not everything that's popular is true. And just because something is moral or just because something is legal doesn't make it moral. And just because somebody is saying something and they have a massive platform, listen, you do not, you should not receive everything that just because somebody has a large following. You need to test the spirit, receive what is good, and reject what is evil. Come on, somebody. 
So we must be very cautious and careful because here's what Matthew 24, 24 says. It talks about this warning it gives us about all these false prophets and these false teachers that are in culture. Can you guys throw it up there? Matthew 24, 24. This is what the Bible says. Tell me when it's up there. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So here's what I wrote in my notes. A false teacher is not someone who has taught something wrong. Listen to me. We have to understand that good people can give you bad information. That's because they are ignorant or that's because we are not studied or that's because we don't know something. Good people can give bad information. That is not what a false prophet is. A false prophet or a false teacher is someone who has deceptively, intentionally taught something wrong in an unconscious way. Sorry, forgive me. A false teacher is not somebody... A false teacher is not someone who taught something that is wrong. It refers to somebody who is intentionally deceptive in their communication. So we must examine when people are giving us truth or information, is this what God said or is this what that person said? That is so important. So let me give you something super practical. It's very helpful for me, especially as a parent and a pastor. Sometimes churches can be pretty legalistic and spiritual communities can be pretty legalistic about, I can't listen to this, you can't listen to that crap, you can't watch that kind of movie. Here's, what, here's a great list that really helped me. Is you need to understand the difference between what is secular, what is sacred, and what is profane. Throw it up there, guys. You have to understand the difference between what is sacred, secular, and profane. Sacred. Sacred is obviously something, whether it's movies, media, or music, something that is dedicated to God. It exists and it is designed to glorify and honor God. Come on, is there anybody in here that says, I want to honor and glorify God? So that's what sacred is, is something that is dedicated to the Lord. Secular is not immoral, it is amoral, meaning it is neutral. It doesn't necessarily mean it's dedicated to God, but it doesn't mean it's inherently evil either. So there are some songs, there are some movies, there are some media that's okay to consume, but here's what you have to do. You have to use discernment to decide whether or not I'm going to chew the meat and spit out the bones. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So there are some things that I'll get from influencers or there are some people that I'll buy their e-course online or I'll get some information from them. And I'm like, okay, I love 90% of what this guy is saying, but there's some 10% in here that is not kingdom values. So you chew the meat and you spit out the bones. So you have sacred, you have secular, but then you have profanity. This is inherently evil. This is immoral. This is content, media, movies, music that are dedicated for evil practices or evil values are being promoted. And let me just tell you something for some of us, and I pray the Lord can speak to to us, uh, including me, through my voice today, is listen, some of you guys are so desensitized to some of the crap that is going on online. And if you inherit and and ingest all this garbage, what's going to come out? Garbage. Garbage. You need to put a standard back in place. And I'm not just saying that for the next generation. I'm saying that for you as an adult. Because some of the stuff that we call movies or media nowadays is just pornography, straight up. I don't know. Should I go further, Ma? <laughs> you know what I tell people? You know what I tell people? Oh, you guys want me to say it, but some of you guys are not going to like what I'm about to say. <laughs> some, people, some people are like, hey, you watching this show? You watching Game of Thrones? No, I don't watch pornography. I don't watch that crap. I don't watch that stuff. But we're like, oh, you know, you get used to it over time. That's a problem. That's the problem, is you've gotten so desensitized to this garbage and to this crap. And if you see anything about culture nowadays, can you tell I'm freaking passionate about this? If you see anything in culture nowadays and you look at the VMAs, you look at all these Grammys, you look at this stuff, all it's being promoted is Satanism. And you're listening to it on the radio and you're getting influenced by this stuff. So understand what is secular, 
Understand what is sacred, but stay away from that which is profane. There is a standard to be set. Stop ingesting some of the crap that is going on in culture because you are being influenced whether you know it or not. You, the devil uses injuries. He uses influences. Here's another one. He uses imagination. Let me minister. Let me minister today. Um, some of us call it overthinking because we think this is a generational inheritance. Listen to me. Some of us just have these evil thoughts, these negative thoughts that just come in because that is a spiritual attack. That is the devil whispering and planting a thought to get you off trail. He will use people, he will use problems, he will use places to try and get you to become either mentally or spiritually schizophrenic. The other day, I woke up at 4.43 in the morning in a cold sweat because I had a nightmare in the night. I don't know whether this was the flesh or whether this was the devil, but listen, is I woke up because something happened to my boy in one of my dreams. So I woke up in a cold sweat and every parent knows the worst kind of fear that could ever possibly happen is something happens to your children. Parents should never outlive their children. And so I, I had this thing, and I remembered this little hack. Oh, my gosh, I pray you get this, and I pray this is not just a nice quote. I pray you get this today. Is I remember this, is when you have an anxiety attack, when there is a panic attack, when there is something like that that takes place, I remember somebody telling me, a mentor saying, listen, anxiety is just an indicator that it's time to pray. So when you're experiencing anxious moments, panic attacks, fear, even depressive thoughts. It is the body. It is God's design. It is the body informing the body it's time to pray. Y'all just get what I just said? It's your body informing your body that it is time to pray. So what happened? My wife texts me six hours later. She goes, are you okay? She was at work. I was at work. And she goes, are are you okay? Because I noticed you were in the boys' room at 4.50 this morning. And I said, well, I woke up in a panic. I woke up because I had a nightmare. And what I did is I went right to my room and I was just pleading the blood of Jesus over my son. I said, Zion Joshua is protected by the blood of Jesus. Ezra James is protected by the blood of Jesus. Because listen to me, everybody. If you can worry, you can worship. Anxiety is just an indicator. It's time to pray. And my mind, my imagination will not be attacked by the devil. My mind and my, crea- my, my imagination will be using for creativity, not torment. Yes. And so what I want to do is I want to plead the blood of Jesus over you at the end of this service. And I want to declare the full armor of God over you. That you'll have the helmet of salvation. You'll have the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the gospel of peace on your feet. And so we're going to do that at the end of service and engage in some spiritual warfare. Because this is what the devil does, is he'll try and injure you, he'll try and sabotage you through influences or your imagination, or here's what he'll really do, is what I see most in my life, what the devil will try and accomplish, is he'll try and attack your identity. So he tells you lies, he gives you limits, and he gives you labels. He puts an identity on you that is not from God, and some of you have believed it since birth. Some of you have believed it since birth. So this is what the devil will do. He'll try and get your identity to be attached to, watch this, three things. He'll get your identity attached to either your strengths, your sins, or your sexuality. We're going there. We're going there. I remember this. I remember um, I had a conversation with a girl just a couple weeks ago. And we're working through her personal calling statement. We call it a PCS, a personal calling statement. Like, why, why do I exist? My personal calling statement. I exist to glorify God by helping the young, the lost, and the hungry change their lives to my example and my instruction. 
So I was telling her and helping her with this, and she uses, she uses this. She basically said, I exist to use my voice for, and she goes through a, a litany of different things. And I said, I love this, but here's a dangerous thing that the devil does deceptively, and it's seen as good but can actually be incredibly dangerous, is you can make your identity become your gift. Y'all hear me? So what he could do is he makes your strength or your gift your identity. But what happens is something happened to her voice. You guys can hear my voice right now just a few weeks ago. I preached literally at the conclusion of the message. I lost my voice for two days. There was one weekend I was preaching out in Western Massachusetts, and I had three different sessions that I was dying as a primary speaker for, and I lost my voice the entire weekend. And what I found is I felt like I lost my voice, but what I really felt like is I lost my value. Because our identity should never be put in a gift. It should never be put in a strength. It should be put in God. Amen, everybody? But this is what the devil will do. This is what the devil will do. Is he will make your identity, attach it to your gift. And then when it's attached to your gift, what will he do? He'll ship that from you. And now you don't know who you are. He'll do it with your sins as well. I I think about the scripture I highlighted and preached just a couple weeks ago. Is we know the woman as the woman caught in the act of adultery. Why? Because that's what humanity does. Is humanity labels you by your sins and your mistakes. By the way, that's not what God does. We are not labeled by the fact that we have lied or cheated or, 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 or lost some things. No, the, God does not identify you this way. That you're a liar or a cheater or a loser. No, he doesn't say it like that. He sees the leader on the inside of you. He sees that you're the head and not the tail. Come on, you're blessed and highly favored. You are more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. You are peculiar and an alien in this earth. You are a citizen of heaven, not a citizen of earth. This is what the Bible says about you. You are the exception. Come on, somebody shout, I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Meaning what happens to everybody else doesn't necessarily, it's not going to happen to me. Why? Because God has a special plan for your life. A plan to prosper you and not to harm you. A plan to give you a hope in the future. But what he does is he, the devil will try and label you by your sins or by your mistakes. My grandfather said it this way. A mistake or a failure is not a person. It's not an identity. It's an event. It happened once, but it doesn't mean you have to be labeled that by a lifetime. And here's the last thing is this. Is, is I have to walk and, and tread carefully. But listen to me. Your identity and what the devil will try and do is he tries to attach it to your strengths or your sins or your sexuality. And this is the problem in culture today. Is that people will, especially our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, which we love, by the way, and we want them in our house because they need to hear the truth of God's word. They need to be set free in Jesus' name. But what the reality is, is they put their identity of their sexuality before their spirituality. Is before, before your sins, before your struggles, before your sexuality, you need to understand that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of the Most High. And we must put that identity far above our sexuality. Because here's what I've seen when it comes to our God. Is that when God wants to change your life, what does he do? He gives you a new name. He gives you a new identity. He turned Jacob to Israel. He turned Abram to Abraham. What did he do? He turned... Uh, 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 Simon to Peter. He turned Saul to Paul. When God wants to change your life, he gives you a new identity. What I've also noticed is when the devil wants to change your life and destroy your life, what does he do? He gives you a new name. He literally did this to Daniel, where Daniel means God is my judge, but the king, influenced by the devil, turned his name to Belteshazzar. I don't know how to say it necessarily, but he changed his name, which means a lady man. So not only does he change his name, He also changes his gender because that's what the devil will try and do and influence you to do. 
is change not only your identity and put it in your sexuality, your sins, or your struggles, but it also try and put it in a completely new identity and a new gender. That is the schemes of the devil. And let me just tell you today loud and clear, we are truth talkers. I am a pastor. I am not trying to be popular. The reality is the truth will set you free. But a lie will keep you captive. And we do not identify with our first birth. We identify with our second birth. We identify with our rebirth. That I am found and covered and I'm hidden in Christ, the Bible says. And I'm not going to let culture define me. I'm not even going to allow the church to define me. I'm going to allow the one who designed me to define me. That is what we do. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to engage in a powerful prayer today. Ben, come behind me. I need you guys to minister with me. Is what I want to do is I'm going to do two things. I want to pray and declare the full armor of God over you. And then I will also give you an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I feel the spirit of God in this room today. So here's what I'm believing for. Is that our minds will be renewed. Our eyes would be open. Our hearts would be healed. Our steps would be guided. And I want to pray this over you today. Come on, with every hand lifted, every head bowed as if you're going to receive this. Father, I declare in Jesus' name, I come against the assignments of the devil. Come on, team, come behind me. I come against the assignments of the enemy. You had an evil plan for them. And what the devil meant for harm, God will turn around for good. So the lies that have been declared over my brothers and sisters, I come against it right now. I pray, Lord, that you would expose the tactics and the schemes of the devil. Father God, that you would even bring to light and bring to memory right now things that were said that we have hidden away in our hearts. Maybe things that are conscious or things that are subconscious, that you would literally bring it up back to memory as if it is a a piece of wood floating to the top of the surface, that you are exposing the schemes of the devil. Now I come against that in Jesus' name. I thwart the call of, I thwart the enemy and the calling of the enemy, and I declare the call of God will be so evident and so clear on their lives. I declare that you are the head and not the tail. You will have the mind of Christ and the love of God supersedes everything in Jesus' name. And the traumas and the pain that you've experienced would be covered and be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I declare the helmet of salvation over my family. That our mind belongs to Jesus and no one else. That lies from the devil or even bad information or misinformation that were given by good people would be covered and removed in Jesus' name. Help us to learn some new things about who you are and who we are. Help us to unlearn some old things that we have maybe believed for a long time. Father, I declare and I equip my brothers and sisters with the breastplate of righteousness, that my heart is protected, that it is not my works that can get me into heaven. I am not righteous because of who I am and the good behaviors that I have. I am righteous and I am in right standing with Jesus because of my relationship with him. I equip my brothers and sisters with the belt of truth. Expose lies. Expose false teaching and false teachers. And I pray that we would not be exposed, but we'd be protected by the truth of God's word. I think that the gospel of peace is is firmly fashioned on our feet, that you are guided by God. Come on, hear me, everybody. I see tears already. You are guided by God. And even if you have made some foolish choices or bad decisions, I thank you that the Lord is an incredible, he's like Google Maps, he will redirect you. 
and it'll get you right back on the right path again. So I thank you that the sovereignty of God guides, leads, and directs you in Jesus' name. I equip my brothers and sisters with the shield of faith. Come on, that you have faith. You will believe that, listen, all things don't work out just because they work out. No, all things work out because God has your back. God has your back that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow those who believe. And I thank you that we are equipped with the sword of the Spirit. That, Lord, the truth of God's word will not return void, but the truth sets people free. In Jesus' name. Everybody look at me real quick. I want you to know something. All of the armor of God is all on the front side of your body. Why? Because believers and Christians are designed to constantly move forward, not retreat and move backwards. But I want you to hear something loud and clear. Is that all of that is on the front because God's got your back. He's got your back. Bow your heads, close your eyes one last time. I want to give anybody an opportunity to your left or to your right to give your life to Christ today. If that's you. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to offer an invitation to say, that's me. I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to expose lies, expose truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. One, Jesus loves you. Two, today is your day for salvation. Don't you dare wait another minute. Tomorrow is not promised. Three, if that's you, would you shoot your hand up boldly and say, I need to say yes to Jesus. Hands all over the room. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so proud of you. Thank you in the back there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, would everybody repeat this prayer after me? Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody say it loud. Say, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Now, I am hidden in Christ. My identity is not in my strengths. It's not my sins. It's not my sexuality. It is in you. I am a son or a daughter of God. And I thank you, Lord, that from this day forward, I will walk with you love you, and be guided by you all the days of my life. I accept you now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet and let's worship you.